Welcome to episode number 49 with Anne Bellavance, the president of Women's Federation for World Peace Australia and the author of the brand new book, Her Story. Welcome to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you some of the most cutting edge and coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, more fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business and an extraordinary life. Let's do it. Have you ever had an email come through and for some reason you might not know what it is, who it's from, but something in the address, something in the subject line has made you open it up. That is how I met today Anne Bellavance from the Women's Federation of World Peace. And welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I know that I've reached out to you saying, I keep getting your emails. I don't know how we got connected, but I want you on the show. We've been trying to get our um, diaries lined up for months. So I'm so, so glad to finally have you here. Big welcome. Oh, thank you, Annette. It's great. Hello and, to everyone. And I want to dive straight in because I want to know more about what you do. For some reason, because it's women and the word world peace in there, I'm very interested and I'm sure the listeners are too. Can we dive straight in with actually telling us what actually is the Women's Federation of World Peace? So it's an international NGO. We are active in around 121 countries and it has general consultative status with ECOSOC, which is the Economic and Social Council of the UN. And having that status, there's only 137 organisations worldwide with that status. So actually, it's a very prestigious organisation. We have in Australia three chapters So being aligned with the UN United Nations, that is obviously huge. Can you tell us, give us an example of some of the things that you do, that you stand for to be able to get our heads wrapped around actually the impact that you make in the world? Each, I guess you'd call it developing country, will look after a, a region. So for us in Australia and New Zealand, we... Uh, support women in the Pacific Islands Mm -hmm. uh, through our chapters. We have kindergartens, high schools, primary schools as well, technical colleges, microcredit programs, AIDS prevention programs, um, wellbeing and health programs, orphanages all around the world. How do you raise funds? Like how do you go out and ask for, is it through government? Is it through the public? Biggest part is from our membership. We have members and the membership for Women's Fed isn't $25 a year, but it could be. Most of our members give $10 a month, mm-hmm. so uh, two coffees a, a month, yeah. that's, that's what I say. And then uh, two-thirds of that money will go into our projects mm-hmm. and, and one-third will be for our working account. And we're all volunteers, so then you know that your money isn't going in to pay somebody's well, wage. That was my next question. So like you do this totally out of out of love, love for what you do, love for the outcome, love for the work. 
because you're yeah. the president, yeah? Yeah, totally. And all of our board do that and our volunteers. So we have a volunteer list. Uh, they come and go because a lot of the volunteers are wanting to get experience and then they get a job and we help them get a job and they move on, mm. which is sad for us because we don't want them to go. But, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. got to be a win-win for, for everybody. Give us an example of some of the things that you do, stories you can share with us that makes you think, oh, my gosh, what you've witnessed or what you've seen change around or turn around and the impact that you guys have made to continually keep you driving forward. Uh, I'll talk about international first because I've been the international vice president for Oceania just four years. Mm -hmm. So I do go to the Commission on the Status of Women and we have a delegation of women from Oceania go every year and we also try to get young women to come with us. So every year we've always managed to... um, get one of our young ladies to come along as well, which is really amazing because now there's a, a real push and a real energy with these young ladies getting involved in the work. Going there in New York, being able to see all the international delegates come and the leaders as well come from the different chapters around the world the energy and the professionalism, but most of all the heart because this is all about leadership of the heart Mm -hmm. and just the quality of heart and there's something very beautiful and I guess you could say pure in a way but and simple but not simplistic but just this uh, pureness and beauty and sort of artistic connection of these women and wanting to empower uh, other women and lift them up to achieve and be victorious in their own lives. And because then we know that if you empower a woman and give her the means to be educated, she will lift not only her family, but her whole community. Yes, yes. So this is what we're all about. And that's why we're a grassroots organization. And so when we go to the Commission on the Status of Women, Women's Fed also has events during that time. We put on uh, a couple of programs, sometimes inside the UN and outside the UN. It's really a showcase for what we do around the world, and it's it's just amazing and beautiful, and it and it empowers you to keep going. And give us an example um, of what you would do to empower them. Like you're saying like with the events and all that type of stuff, but you were saying like if you're helping a woman in an area where let's just say there's a lot of poverty or scarcity or they're not the the provider of the home, what are some things that you guys have done with the Women's Fed? Is it, I heard you say before like schooling or can you take mm-hmm. us through maybe some examples of that so we can really sure. feel the, the work and the mission? Sure. So, give you local example for our region. So, 2012 WFWP Japan, with support from us in Australia, started the kindergarten in the Solomon Islands. Been sending over books and equipment and iPads. So now they have a computer class with iPads, no games, just mm-hmm. educational games on there. Also, we started a scholarship program. 
And what happens in the islands, people don't realise here in Australia, is that education is actually not free. And so parents, they can manage to get their kids through primary school. So even when you look at Sustainable Development Goal for Education, on the junior level worldwide, we're doing really well. But when it gets to the higher levels, there's a real issue. So as more children come along, then the families can't afford to send them to Mm -hmm. high school. And also when the girls they start their menstruation and their breasts start to show and mm-hmm. they have to walk to school, they become at risk and we know why, risk, yeah. being women. So that is a real issue. And in the islands, what happens is that around year nine, year 10, uh, people drop out and the men drop out as well. So if there's a choice for the parents to send the girl or the boy, we all know who they're going to send. Yes. Mm. Right. So what we've and done. Can I ask why would yes. they drop out? Is it for the financial side of things? Like what's yeah. the reason? Yeah, finances okay. because mm-hmm. they have younger kids, yeah. so they think. Right, and then I've they'll say, "Look, we'll send the boy, and we'll have the woman at home to." Yeah, yeah, and mm. and then at least we can send the children, all the children, to primary school. Mm-hmm. So we've started a program to a scholarship program it's called the Pacific Scholarship Fund and we're able to send women, young women to university in the Solomon Islands and one of our ladies has graduated. We started this two years ago so our first one she's graduated and she took up early childhood learning and she's now got a job at the school. Wow. Yeah. Talk about amazing just to watch that evolution. Yeah. So, yeah, and on our website, if you go to our website, there's testimonies of her. So now she's got money to look after her own kids and to then educate her own children and to lift them up mm. as as we have lifted her up. And uh, there's another lady doing early childhood education as well. Uh, so that's one example. And that's an amazing not- example. And another mm. example is through the Solomon Island chapter of Women's Fed, so we work with them very closely. That school now, the kindergarten, has now registered to become a primary school. We're helping them with funds to build this new building because they need more classes. So mm-hmm. they're yes. now going into grade two in primary school. And what happens in the Solomon Islands is that the government can't always pay for their teachers. So a tick box for them for a school to become registered with the government is that they have a business component because then that there's money coming in just mm-hmm. in case government can't pay the teachers. So we also have a program that's called Women's Sewing Centres for the island. So we've been in Australia, been sending sewing machines out, uh, I think, way back from the beginning, 1995 or something. That was before I was here. We sent uh, about 30 sewing machines off to Solomon Islands a few years ago. One of the young ladies from Queensland, who's mm-hmm. a member, she's uh, 
got a degree in design, dress design. So she went over there and taught them how to make patterns and how to sew. She went a couple of times. So now the ladies, so this is women's fed ladies in Solomon Islands, mm-hmm. they now make their own uniforms and can sell them. And we also uh, sent them over a couple of um, industrial sewing machines and they bought a couple and they started up a sewing center where now they make all sorts of items and they opened up a little shop, which is an island style shop, nothing like we imagine here in Australia. It's down in the marketplace. It's a little building they, mm-hmm. they made it and so they sell their goods and they sell secondhand clothing that we send over there and other items. And that also raises funds to help support the school. Mm-hmm. So that's through our work as well. Amazing. I would love to know, this obviously would be something that continually gets you to drive and do what you do, but can you say in your own words how it's actually changed or shaped who you are? You're a mum of four, you juggle that, you juggle um, part-time work still as a teacher. Um, You know, what is this driving force that really continually keeps you going? I'd say gratitude, really, to be grateful. I mean, everywhere in the world is so beautiful, but in Australia, we are so lucky, even comparing Canada and Australia, just the work you have to do to live in the snow in Canada is so incredible. That's another story altogether. (laughs) But, you know, just be grateful that we have a peaceful country, even though we grumble about the government, Our nature is so beautiful. It's so open and the animals and the birds we have and the life we're able to live. I think that is really the key, gratitude, and to share that gratitude. And Mm. when I hear things like by 2030 in Australia, the number one disease will be depression. Wow. It makes me think, you know, what kind of mindset do Australians in general have? Mm. And people who've been over to the Pacific Islands or to India or wherever, I mean, even saying those nations is like a stereotype, the haves and the have-nots. But Mm -hmm. when you go and you see just the, the regular people in developing countries they're just so happy. They're, yeah. they're filled with, with life and they want to make the most of stuff. The children play with almost nothing, but they're happy. Yeah. In general, they're happy. But in Australia, we complain and we grumble. Mm-hmm. And it's because, I'll, I'll just say it, it's because we're self-centered. We're just thinking about me, my lot, and how bad my lot is rather than comparing what we actually do have compared to a lot of other countries. And yes, you know, life is a struggle. I've been there. I've been young with young children and no money and trying to get a career going or trying to even find work right at the beginning when you're a teacher and you're looking and you only get contract jobs. And it's really hard. So, yes, I've been there. But after all, it, through it all is really the attitude of gratitude yeah. of who we are and what we have and 
the relationships that we can make. That's one key thing. But another key thing, how I've lived my life is instead of thinking, oh, this person has to change, or if you're having difficulty with a a colleague anywhere in your work, somehow I've had the attitude of, okay, it takes two people to make a relationship. And if this relationship isn't doing so well, it means there's something wrong with me. There's not just something wrong with the other person. Mm -hmm. There's actually something I'm missing here, or I've got the wrong attitude, or I'm not seeing this from the right perspective. So I've always had that kind of attitude that if I'm to create harmony and peace in my relationships, then I'm the one that needs to change. Mm, I love that. Can I share? This is quite personal. Um, yes. As you know that I've moved to Perth just recently. The first week I was here, I was really struggling with the energy of my father-in-law. I, I really just felt just, um, oh, just so much anxiety and just felt his energy and, oh, and I thought to myself, okay, what am I doing to help him have more alignment and more happiness. If this is really what I love and do for women, why can't I do it for men? And how can I show up differently to lean in with love instead of walk away from fear and feeling like, oh, I don't want to be around that? And I thought, how can I really help him just find this peace? And I knew what he really needed was with his health. He suffers from gout. And and I thought, right, what I know is nutrition inside and out. I'm going to help him get over his gout. I'm going to lean in with love and play full out. And just in two days, just by showing up and being there, the energy with him and our relationship now oh my gosh, it's brilliant. I couldn't have dreamed of anything better. So I understand exactly what you're saying where it takes two of us to tango and it's like, what can I do differently to show up to to serve at a different level or how am I showing up for that person? Um, so I love that you actually say that because, um, yeah, I've just been through that myself. Yeah. So if people are unhappy out there, then actually that's the key. If Australia is going to be have its greatest disease by 2030 is depression. It's because of that. It's because we aren't changing ourselves to make somebody else happy. Mm. It's all about me. And that's the the sad thing. We have such a, a lucky country, but we are taking so much for granted and just seeing ourselves individualistically. And that is really sad. And also, I'll such say- a strong message. Can I just get everyone to pause on that for a moment? <laughs> because I, I really daily write in, and my listeners know this, I have a, a gratitude journal. I do it morning and night. And we've started my son on that as well now. He's got his little five-year-old journal that we write in with him. Oh, and I think energetically it makes such a big difference. But it also comes down to how we teach our children. As much as we need to implement it, it's we show it through action plus being yeah. able to impart that to our children because they do think their whole life, you know, revolves around them and they need to be on their phones or need to be on their, I don't know, Playstations and all this type of stuff and it's the most important thing in the world. But when you actually show them real-life pictures, which I actually showed my son yesterday of children starving (laughs) because I wanted to say where he wasn't happy what we're going to have for dinner tonight to eat 
but I wanted to show him, which is what's really happening out there. Like we should be so grateful that anything we can get on a plate and that we can actually cook in a kitchen with electricity. Um, Yeah. So I just think, um, I just wanted to pause on that because we can be so self-centered because we continually don't look outside ourselves. Mm. And that brings me back to Women's Federation as well. So we're a women's organisation working for, as the heading goes, world peace. But actually peace starts within me and in the family. Mm. And that's why women's role in peace building is actually so powerful because we raise up the next generation And it's what we teach and what we say and how we relate to other people and our children see that we're creating future peace through raising up our children. So that's also one of the key things of Women's Federation. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the internal heart, kind of like the core purpose of Women's Fed. And then we do the external work through our humanitarian project if anyone wants to know what they can do from here in how to help you what are some of the different ways i've heard you drop the word pro bono um, just before Um, you've got donations then you've got the memberships what are some of the ways that we can help support the women's fed if you're outside australia please look up your chapter in that nation, Women's Federation for World Peace, it will most likely be there. Mm -hmm. And if you are in Australia, you can become a a member and get involved in Brisbane, New South Wales or here in Melbourne. And uh, you could uh, support by becoming a financially contributing member and you could support by being one of our volunteers and getting involved. And if you're a professional, you could help out in whatever facility you can pro bono. So, mm-hmm. for instance, um, we've got a couple of lawyers doing some pro bono work for us Um because at the moment we're registered in three states, but we want to amalgamate into one national entity. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple of lawyers helping us out with that process. So there are lots and lots of things you can do um, to put us on the map more and more mm-hmm. and uh, get involved. And uh, finances always are a big thing because our projects are in the islands. And luckily, our money goes a long, long way in the islands. And so you could um, put your hand up for supporting, sponsoring one of the ladies to go to uni or sponsoring her for a month or Amazing. something like that. And we also have a microcredit program. This is also for women in the islands starting up um, businesses and it's usually women who uh, are not from the upper class. They may have a really good business plan, but it doesn't fit in with the criteria with the banks, so they can't get loans. Mm -hmm. So we'll support them. And we've got um, the new PNG chapter opening up and they're going to be setting up a co-op. So we're going to be doing a microcredit financing to support them Mm -hmm. but uh, there are other programs around the Pacific Islands that we can do as well. So if we had the links um, if we had some links um, below in the the blog for this interview they could click that and even if they do have some expertise 
could they perhaps reach out to one of the entities and just say, this is what we do, we'd love to know how we can use our expertise to help you? Would that yeah. be something we could do? Absolutely. Mm. And corporate sponsorship also is a really big thing. I, I love to finish the interview, and with this question. My goal is to really, how do we just get people to really be happy, be happy, be appreciative of what they have, have now, and be aware of what really fulfills them? Um, I'd love to know from you, what's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, either daily or weekly, that you, you know lifts your level of happiness, that makes you be the happiest version of yourself? What would it be? Uh, it comes back to gratitude, but it's also living for the sake of others. So the fundamental philosophy of Women's Federation is living for the sake of others. So just like your story, if you go and do something for somebody else, it doesn't matter how big or small, could be a colleague, just when you're feeling blue, just go out and do something for somebody else. Mm. The other thing is you need a soulmate. So need somebody you can share, a friend, um, could be your spouse, your partner, uh, your brother or your sister, your mum or your dad, just somebody to be able to share your heart and be real with who's not going to judge you, uh, chat with them. But also I'm quite a spiritual person so I actually pray uh, or you can meditate you mm -hmm. don't need to be religious I'm not a religious per se but I'm a very spiritual person so that spirituality gives me life and uh, connecting with the universe I guess or yeah. being out in nature and breathing and calming yourself down and um, reflecting and slowing your mind down, you know, through all those wonderful mindfulness apps that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, that also works for me. Um, well, I'll I also... knew there was a way we were connected because that's <laughs> me as well. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt it. <laughs> that's what probably drew us together as well, <laughs> not yeah. just for the mission that you're after, but just a lot of your belief systems I can hear. Sorry, yeah. you had one more thing you wanted to say. Yeah, a key thing with your spouse or your partner is it goes back to what I said about you change for the other person. And I know it's very old-fashioned, you know, we think that we have to be liberated and this and that. But actually that's not at all liberation about me, me, me. It's if you want to be happy in your relationship, which is the closest relationship with your spouse or your partner, it is really about making that other person happy mm. and serving them and changing for them. So when you start out in a relationship, you actually don't have to be totally compatible. You don't have to be the same. You don't need to look for somebody who's the same, mm -hmm. but probably have the same value systems would be the best thing. Yeah. But if you think that this relationship is worth it, then you learn about what they like and you know, who they are, and you change yourself, and this other person has to be doing the same thing so that they're serving you and you're serving them, and you change yourself so that that person can be happy. Because in the end, it's the couple 
So imagine, uh, I guess, yin and yang, if you can imagine those symbols, mm-hmm. put them together, they make a circle. So if one of you is a yin, the other the yang, and when you come together, it may be very prickly or it may be very rocky. And in the beginning, when you rub, it's very painful. But the more you rub and the more you change the extremes that are in you, Mm -hmm. the characteristics of you that are extreme and make other people uncomfortable, the more you change them. So, in the end, that yin and yang is going to fit into a circle and they're going to be very snug together. And then the ultimate goal is that you are one as a couple. So. Gosh, you just explained my husband and I. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There was something energetically that we both felt when we met. And for two years, we, we knew each other over a few years because we were working together. And then eventually we got into a relationship. But these first two years, oh, we were so opposite. But we had very similar values. And then it took a very significant event where I actually thought that he was on September 11th aeroplane because he was flying out that day. That's made me realise how much I loved him and I was really not fully committing to the relationship and fully committing to be of service and showing up, if that makes sense. Yes. And... um, I thought, because I'm not playing full out here, I've always got one looking over the shoulder and just in case someone perfect comes along, because I didn't show up 100%, that didn't allow him to. And then sure enough, obviously, he wasn't on September 11th aeroplane. He was stuck there for a week, but um, when he flew back, I realised that moment I wanted to marry him. I was one like, oh, I don't need to marry anyone. I don't need the surname, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly I was like, I want to marry him. And then the difference, because I showed up 100% and really stopped focusing on myself and looked at us as a team, mm. that's when the, the it changed. And we're actually celebrating 19 years together tomorrow. So Wow. Yeah. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> so that really makes sense about the yin and the yang. And sometimes you really have to look deeper than just the surface stuff. Not sometimes, you need to look deeper than the, sur- the surface stuff because that's when really, what do they say, the diamond comes out of the rough. Or the, the rough, yeah. Yeah. So, mm, what a beautiful way to, to finish yeah. up today. So when it is rough, when it is difficult, then you know that you're rubbing those characteristics on you that are causing pain to someone else. So if you have that attitude, then you think, okay, then I need to change this. My attitude's not right. And then realize if you just go over, go over and change this, then the next you'll be at the next level. Mm. And because sometimes people might say, well, what about if I'm showing up for them and they're not showing up for me? And I don't know if anyone might be thinking that now, or I've continually showed up and the other person's not. What would you say to somebody listening, thinking that or feeling that? First of all, you need to have this conversation together. You need to talk about showing up and changing for each other and serving each other and living for the sake of each other. And um, I'll be very raw here as well. 
there was a time in the relationship with my husband. We were in Canada. I had two children, and I went back to school because I had um, I had my degree, but I was wanting to do teaching. So I went back to school in Canada, and uh, I looked at my husband, and I really wondered. Did he really know where he wanted to go in life? Because mm-hmm. I really knew where I wanted to go in life. And I gave up my life to have children and to be a mum and to be a good mum. I chose that, not to be a working mum. So I gave up what I wanted to do to be there and to be with him and create this family and to help my kids. And then I looked at him and I wondered, Does he really know what he really wants to do? And is he creating something for us? Mm -hmm. Is it about him or is it about us? So I had a talk with him and I said to him, and he, he actually talks to people about this moment. So I said, I'm getting on with my life and this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't want to, then I'm going. And so he backpedaled. He suddenly realized, I guess, as he says, the best thing in his life he was about to lose. Mm. And so he backpedaled very hard and he knew that he lost my faith or lost my, he didn't lose my love, but I guess he lost my trust in a sense because. Mm-hmm. To me, family was about us. It wasn't about me. And so I was really questioning him on that point. And so he realized he had to win me again, all over again. And so he did. And one of those was coming out here, but that wasn't a criteria, you know, coming back to Australia. But um, he did it, and it actually took quite a few years, and I didn't change what I was doing, and I had to change also myself because I could have been, you know, quite harsh in uh, saying that uh, ultimatum. But to us in our relationship, it was a life changer and a life saver mm-hmm. that uh, we had that very honest discussion, and uh, so... Yeah. Now wow. he, we are truly soulmates and truly happy and I am just so content. Can and I, he sorry, yes. <laughs> I was just gonna say, can I ask how long ago was that? Um actually it wasn't I had two children, I have four children. Sorry, and you my had young four children back then? Yeah. Yes. So and my youngest one uh was about three months old. Okay, and how long, so how yeah. long ago would have that been? Sorry. Um, okay, so my youngest one now is 24. So now you're getting my age here. So, uh, yeah, let's say yes. 23 years ago. The reason why I'm asking and getting to do the calculations is because more and more now I think women are getting more and more liberated in speaking their mind and holding their own and, you know, <laughs> really driving the direction that they want to, to go and really pushing forward this evolution and this change. Um, so I was just getting an idea because, say, 20, 21 years ago, 
really for 40 years is when we've really started to step into being into employment, right? That's right. And so that would have been pretty liberating back then for you to actually take that stand to say, this is what I want to do. This is my truth right now. And to have that conviction would have been... um, yeah, it's. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I can just. I just feel like that's quite liberating back then at 21 years ago. Because still, now it's like I feel like women are really starting to raise the flag to say, right, I think that we can really together um, create more harmony in this world and really drive this ship and drive this mm. purpose. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm articulating it right what I'm wanting to say, but I'm just saying 21 years ago would have been pretty much at the forefront of that. <laughs> Yeah, but but my saying that it was about us. Yes, this is what I, I want understand. to do for us. Yes, because yes. you were saying the, I've I've come like I was saying to you. I I didn't meet Peter halfway, so that didn't allow him to. And that's what you're saying. Like I've <laughs> I've bared four children. <laughs> I have totally changed my life. <laughs> what can you do to meet me halfway? I get it. Yeah, I get it. Right, I get right. it totally. Yeah. Well, and it has been an absolute pleasure in speaking heart to heart with you and um, hearing and feeling and, you know, witnessing the amazing stuff that you do out there in the world, plus with the Women's Federation of World Peace. And I'm just so glad that we finally got to connect and get your message out today. So thank you so much for your time and your patience in trying to line this up. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Annette. You're listening to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.